What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the intro. I'm sitting down with my two main men of fitness as usual, Mr. Max Isaac, Mr. James Hobart, and we are exactly 15 days post-op from a total hip replacement that I had on my right hip. We've talked about it before on the podcast. We've been dealing with pain for about two and a half years. Started one day and just never stopped. Tried everything under the sun except stem cells and decided to opt for a procedure called a total hip replacement anterior, which means they go through the front, no muscle cutting. They kind of open you up in your quad, pull your muscles apart, and then they do their little procedure in there and you walk out with a bionic hip. It's pretty fucking crazy because the day of surgery, you go in at about 10 a.m., you get under the knife around, excuse me, go in around 8.30, you get under the knife around 10 a.m. and you're walking at 5 p.m. with a walker and then you go home that same day. Do you still have your walker? Wow. Yeah, I still have the walker. I don't use it. So still little tennis balls on the, the feet like the old no, people. They should give you tennis balls though because it's a fucking pain in the ass to walk with a walker without tennis balls on it. And now I know why. Because those little rubber stoppers that are on the back of the walker they just stop you from falling. So if you're like walking on a surface that slides, the walker stops every time the stoppers hit. So those tennis balls out there allow you to just glide. You glide <laughs> with butter, baby. I think that uh, would be a great event in the CrossFit Games. They have you. They basically have you do all these things like walk with walkers as like an advertisement for CrossFit to stave off. Oh my god! Stop so like it. do a four hundred on a walker. <laughs> Getting us back to the couch with the. Uh, the Gallon jugs oh, of antifreeze. God, those videos were uh, those videos were amazing. Um, God, so much to talk about here. Um, one, were you scared going into the surgery? Because I'm gonna be like straight up, just hearing that they cut you open, peel apart your muscle. It like it made me scared. Were you yeah, like it's a little really, scary for sure? Um, and do you also do you have to fast? before you have surgery? Like, is there like a, a cutoff where you're not supposed to eat or drink anything? Yeah. So this is, this was the first time that I, I've ever had surgery. I've, I've never really had any major injuries, major bone breaks. I've had all the little kind of nicks and cuts and stuff like that, that you get from being active through your life. You know, I, you have a bum shoulder for a little while. You feel like you pulled something, you maybe tear something, um, definitely sprained my ankles and all that kind of good stuff before, but this was the first injury that I couldn't rehabilitate on my own or with professional help and no amount of rest was making it get better. It was an up and down thing though. It, like it, it was really hard to manage because I didn't know what was influencing it, what would make it hurt more. I'd be doing a movement and movement wouldn't hurt at the time. Then two days later, I wouldn't be able to walk. It was very, very, very interesting and very hard to handle. Um, essentially what was going on in my hip was that I have a condition called FAI, which is femoral acetabular impingement. It means the bones that are in my femur are shaped a little bit different than they should be. And it causes cartilage to degenerate at a faster rate. And because I was so active, it just happened faster. Wow. So once you drop off that cliff, there's kind of like no coming back to it. Um, you start to get more bone on bone rubbing between your hip capsule and your femur. So what they do in the replacement is they take the diseased head of your femur, the arthritic head of your femur, get ready for this. 
Y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 I'm ready. Dun, 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 dun. They cut the head of your femur off. They insert the prosthetic and then they put a cap into your hip or your pelvis and they put the socket together and then they sew you back up. So you have a completely artificial joint now. So no cartilage in there and any of the bone spurring that might've been present in the hip oh. and all the arthritis is gone, Today. which is fucking amazing because three days, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like what was the worst part, but three days after the procedure, you start to feel that, at least for me, the pain that you had was going away. You still have pain from surgery. You still have soreness and swelling and you're, you're still dealing with like a uh, weak musculature and there's inflammation from where they do the incision and all that kind of stuff. But the total body inflammation and pain level that I felt for two plus years almost went away pretty instantly. Knock on wood, I'm still like very early on in the recovery process here, but uh, it really has been a, a strong decision for me. And Max, that getting to my point, I had wrapped my mind around the fact that I couldn't continue to live my life the way that I was living prior. It was just too painful. Like I completely understand. I don't actually, I can't completely understand because my level of pain was probably different from everybody else's, but I understand how people who are in chronic pain reach for things that are extreme. They reach for whether, whether it's medicating through traditional medicine, or they reach for going outside the box and spending tons of money on stuff that's like experimental, or, you know, you go down a darker path and you start taking pills or, or whatever, because getting out of that pain is the most satisfying thing that you can do. And you almost want to do it no matter the cost. So for me, like when I was getting prepared for surgery, I had already made this decision in my head, had talked to a lot of people about it, had consulted specialists, multiple surgeons. And at that time, it was the best decision for me to get this procedure done and see what happens on the other side. The, wow. the risk relatively low in terms of the type of procedure now, like it's a fuck, it, it's crazy. It's an outpatient procedure. Um, and the recovery time to get back to full capacity is like six to seven weeks. So if you're just doing like the cost benefit analysis in your head, yeah, you have to risk losing some control. You're going to have to go under. Going under was a, a pretty interesting experience. I had never gone under before. Um, and it's not, it wasn't general anesthesia for me. It was um, a spinal uh, epidural and like a sleeping agent. Dude, uh, the, the fucking going under story is pretty crazy. It's it. I, I was nervous about that. I was nervous about like, oh, what if I feel anything during and I can't say anything or like, oh, what if I've, I am feeling the time pass and it's just like forever while you're under. They rolled you, me into the emergency room, uh, in the emergency room. They rolled me into the operating room. The anesthesiologist who I talked to like 15 minutes earlier came up behind me and was like, all right, I'm going to push your medicine into your IV now. I said, okay, let's do it. He goes, all right, cool. Medicine goes in literally like one fucking syringe or whatever it was. And then he goes, spin your legs around to the side of the table and kind of round out your spine so we can do the epidural. That's the last thing I remember. I don't remember anything after that. I swung my legs around and I bowed forward and I must have just went out. And Get out of here. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. It was so fast. 
it was so fast. I don't remember shit after that. And then I woke up in the um, recovery room. Like they roll you back in the recovery room and they just start to like wake you gently and you just start to wake up. And, it and you was- got sweaters on your teeth. <laughs> sweaters on your teeth. Right? I didn't have any sweaters on my teeth. Dude, the, the whole worst part, uh, and we can talk about this, the whole worst part of the procedure and the recovery was the oxy. The uh, fucking I thought, oxy. I thought was I thought it was pooping. Terrible. I thought I thought the hardest part after surgery was pooping. I didn't have so I didn't have general anesthesia, but you can have pretty bad constipation after surgery from the narcotics and the anesthesia. Um, I eat a really healthy diet, so they were like, "You're probably not going to have any issues," and I, and I really didn't. Um, they were also saying like I was the healthiest person they've ever seen come in for this procedure. So that was kind of heartening as well. But um, yeah. yeah, 15 days post-op. I'm I'm really interested in talking about this. I don't know if you guys are interested in asking questions, but of course, like, I'll, of, I'll we, answer anything. We've got we've got tons of questions. The first thing is, have you seen an <laughs> increase in turgidity? Turgidity. <laughs> you're too smart for them. You're too smart to ask those types of questions. James, it's a family podcast. Um, I thought it was, I was unfiltered when I read the updated graphic. It says unfiltered. It is. It is unfiltered, but filtered to a point where turgidity can't be talked about. Well, I bet most people listening will have to go look that up. No problems with turgidity. Um, you can have like pain in your genital area and your groin and stuff like that. Post-op, uh, they, they tell you about that. I didn't have any of that. I think it's just the way that you're put into the table and the way that your muscles and tendons and nerves are um, moved. I do have um, numbness down my quad that hasn't really come back yet. And it's like slowly coming back, but there's a a nerve almost right near the incision site that gets in, impacted uh, when you have this kind of surgery. It's very common. I mean, why not? I mean, I'm thinking about just getting both my hips replaced at this point. Like, it, I, I mean, I, <laughs> well, I do mean, bilateral it, for sure. It, it, I mean, first off, that it's pretty miraculous that 15 days post op, you're. Did you say that you ran what five miles today? Yeah, I did um, a, this morning I did a, a 50 minute ruck with a 40 yeah. pound vest on. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, no, but my hip completely it, just disintegrated. So I probably have to go back in and have a take a look at it. No, it's, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I, I actually think that this, this whole thing is, really important to talk about because you, like you said, you've been dealing with this for a really long time. Yeah. And I, I do think that whether you're talking about CrossFit or, or any fitness program or just life in general, injuries are going to happen. Right. And I think that this is something where, you know, people are talking about how dangerous CrossFit is life in general can, can be dangerous. You can get injured essentially doing anything, but what I like, well, what I want to highlight here is like, you went through so many steps. You went through so many steps. I have to be closer to my microphone. You, you went go. through so, you, you went through so many steps before arriving at this point where yep. you're going to let somebody hack off a piece of your hip with a, <laughs> with a, with a, with a bone, with a bone saw, which bone is what saw. they do, yeah, which is what they course. do, which is what they do and replace it with, is it, Titanium kryptonite? and ceramic. Oh, I, for ceramic. some for, for some reason I thought it was kryptonite. Um, I would have kept then, the femur head. 
I would like make a necklace out of that shit. Walk like a Ooh. like walk like that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where he's got like the toes and ears around him. Mine would just I I would oh what if you could what if you could take the cap and then you would hollow it out and you would drink use from it, it as a cup or like use a small, as like a, a sake cup. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd use it as you'd use it as a cup. I think there's and, some uh, ethical and maybe some HIPAA stuff or whatever it is that you can't take body parts out of. What's like people who keep the placenta after a birth? Okay, that's not so. Um, it's a thing, man. It's the human body. Come on, it's it's, it's your it's your hip cap, so you should be able to take whatever you want. Um, maybe you that's could true. send them. I bet. You could send him an email. Did they inject any Lou wrong into your hip? Because that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think they might have. Look at Max's well, cup. Max's cup looks like a hip bone cup. What is yeah, that it, thing? It looks like it was it, made by a Smurf, man. So it's um, it's, it's a the tiniest sm- cup ever. It's a very, very small cup made by uh, one of my members. Big Rumble shout out Stilton? to Who made that cup? What the fuck is that? <laughs> so Rumble Silskin, that's not even... Rumble Silskin wouldn't do this. Rumble Silskin teaches people how to uh, turn teach- straw straw into gold. into gold. So, but no, this was made by my member. Uh, shout out to Chris Perez. Uh, Chris really, Perez. Really, Chris Perez, really wonderful uh, ceramicist. He's I love awesome. handmade things. It's, it's a, like it's the one of a kind stuff. It's so a girl. Cool. She's probably not listening. I didn't want to assume. Yeah. Okay, good. It's 2023. Um. <laughs> So the the Lurong thing, I think, is absolutely hilarious because it probably goes without saying that if you had been taking Lurong this whole time, you probably wouldn't have needed um, this this hip replacement. Yeah, and for those antlers. I just have I would just have antlers growing out of the sides of my hips. For 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 those imagine taking that, Lurong for this long from fucking two thousand and seven to two thousand twenty three, you'd, you'd definitely have some shit wrong with you. You'd be you'd be dead. Um, for those of you that don't know, Lurong is um, uh, tiger repellent, dragon repellent, and Sasquatch repellent that um, was used in the CrossFit community for a long time. Um, and apparently, it was called uh, it was velvet deer antler. So I'll velvet be straight. I'll be straight up with you. I remember we had somebody come to one of my gyms a while ago and ask if they could run a challenge at our gym, and I said, "Yes, you can run a challenge." I have to visit the farm where you're getting the velvet deer antler from. The guy said, well, I, we can't do that. I said, I'm, unfortunately, we can't have you at this gym anymore. You'll have to leave. Um, um, so you talked about, Matt, like this this chronic pain issue and you're yeah. at a point ready to do anything with it. So how, how has that changed your perspective on just other people who maybe deal with injuries when they roll into the gym or like, you know, that tough it out attitude? Um, yeah. Yeah. How's it? That's a great question. I, I have much more empathy for people who are dealing obviously with chronic pain. Um, and there are some things that maybe in the past, I thought you could probably just, uh, out rest or out mobilize or out recover or out supplement. And in my case, in my case alone, I got to the point where I couldn't do any of those things anymore. No amount of rest or no amount of supplements, no amount of additional joint mobility or whatever. I was still doing those things. I was trying to give my body everything it could to have the best healing environment. And I think that that served me really well on the other end of surgery. Um, But it wasn't getting to the point where I could live pain-free or do the things that I wanted to do. I had to stop doing jujitsu. 
I had to stop doing um, CrossFit to an extent in terms of like certain types of workouts or movements. I had to be very selective about what I was doing. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was like a, an exercise in uh, self-discipline, which I didn't do the best job across two years. I tried really hard to stay disciplined with my nutrition, my fitness, recovery, stretching, hydration, you know, reducing alcohol, increasing uh, anti-inflammatory foods and like natural whole food sources and all that kind of stuff. But man, it's, I could see really easily how if you do not have discipline, if, if you maybe have gotten to a place in your head that you're kind of losing your grip on like who you used to be or like what you used to feel like, that it's super fucking easy to sit down on the couch, order DoorDash, turn on Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever video game you're playing and just not move. It's so, so easy to just pull that lever when you get to that point to say, I, I just, I don't want to do anything anymore. I just want to sit here and not be in pain. And um, I have a lot of empathy for people who are like that. But I think with anybody who's out there suffering from chronic pain, chronic pain, pain that does not go away, no matter what you do, you know, how you have ebbs and flows, you have good days and bad the best thing for me was to go and get all the information from as many sources as possible, talk to PTs, talk to the stem cell people, talk to the PRP people, talk to uh, everybody in the, the Cairo recovery community, talk to the orthopedists, talk to the people who are out there who are experts in hips. And eventually where I got to was that I had enough experts telling me that the best route to pursue at this point was surgical intervention. And that helped me wrap my mind around the fact that like I was going to have this procedure and having it young, I think is a double-edged sword because like I'm, I'm 39, I'm turning 40 um, soon. So I didn't really envision having a hip replacement at any point <clears throat> this early in my life. But the good part about it is the fact that like, I still have really, really good bone. I still have great muscle and that all the recovery post-op has been much easier for me and that I think that there'll be much more longevity with the prosthetic and with the procedure than if I wasn't as well prepared going in. Are you, are you currently in PT right now? One of the wild parts about this surgery is that PT technically isn't required. So everybody has a little bit of a different opinion on it. Like you have to relearn how to support your weight. You have to relearn how to balance. You have to relearn how to walk. But you can do that with very little guidance, especially if you're somebody who understands your body or if you're in this fitness community. So the route that I chose is I did a, a number of in-home visits because the first three or four days, like I said, are, are pretty rough. Um, you're very, very sore. You're super inflamed. Um, you have to really rely on um, like devices to help you get around. Like the walker for the first few days is essential. And you can't really walk long distances at all. I'm so mad you didn't send us a video of you on the walker. I have videos of I have videos of me with the walker. I'll send them to you guys. Oh, yeah. You got to hit us up. Walker, Texas we, uh, Ranger over here. We need to use those pictures when we're promoting the podcast next next week um, when, this, when this episode comes out. So at, at this point, right, because 
like the devil you know is is always more comfortable than the devil you don't right so that's like being in it's interesting hearing you talk about um getting all the information that was actually another little shout out right here Derek Muhammad um an advice oh, I would later receive Derek again Muhammad. from a friend of ours Tosh but like a single data point is just a single data point when you're going through the decision making process like I was talking to Derek Muhammad a long time ago for some advice and he kind of paused me and he goes hey what information do you have about this and I was like not much and he's like, okay, go get as much as you can. And then when you get to the end of that pier, you can't get any more info, come back and we'll talk about it. And it was re- it's advice I've kept with me for a long time because, you know, for so many things, decisions are hard. Like you talk about, it's just like when you're talking about this chronic pain, like remember those like, uh, not inertia machines, but there's like the marble that like goes around those really wide flat cones and then eventually gets to the end and goes down the middle, you know, kind of like a, like a black hole event horizon kind of uh, display. But anyway, I was sort of thinking like, that's what chronic pain is like. Like you're just on the edge and you can kind of see the end state, but you're like, oh, it'll take a long time to get there. And what we're, what I'm going through right now, it's like, you probably get stuck in one of two thoughts, which is one, how much worse could it get? Um, or two, it's not that bad right now. You know, and I think it's so easy to fall into that not so bad right now trap and then wake up 20 years down the road and think, fuck, if I had just gotten a hip replacement, if you can, if you have those means, um, I could have had those 20 years back. And it's just such an interesting concept to me. So for you looking at this now, um, do you feel like it was hard for you to over, like how, how much more would you have suffered <laughs> to get to the state you are now? Like how much better is it right now than when we talked to you three weeks ago? I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's a really, that's a really great, great point and question. So I had actually had my surgery scheduled for mid July. And when I was leading up to it in mid July, I was having, brilliant weeks. Like I was moving, I was running, I did the Murph workout. Like I, my body was feeling like 80 to 85% to the point where I was like, Oh man, like what if I can just get it to 90 or 95% or maybe like, maybe this is the key. Maybe like I got to keep doing what I'm doing. And I canceled the surgery. And wouldn't you know it, what happened was I did something that irritated the hip or put things into a worse position. And about two or two and a half weeks after my first surgery date, I couldn't walk. So I went from going and doing the Murph workout as prescribed with a vest on in a span of like four or five weeks prior with very little pain, uh, little limitation to needing to support myself on pieces of furniture to get around my apartment. Literally, I had to, I had to press down on my couch to walk. I had, I was, the pain was so bad at that point. I had a text message written out to my buddy who lives in uh, Encinitas, like 20, 20 minutes down the road from where I'm at right now. And I said, Matt, you got to take me to the hospital because I, I don't know what to do anymore. Like it was so inflamed and so painful and so angry that I physically couldn't do anything but be in pain. And at that point, I made the decision that like, I don't care whether or not this comes back down and I have a few good days anymore. Like this is the potential. This is the potential to where it couldn't go to. Imagine what it's going to be like if it starts to get like this on a regular basis. And I called up my surgeon, um, and I said, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. I don't know what happened. Uh, 
I, I must have done something that really irritated it. And he goes, oh, I can get you in in mid-September or I can get you in on Monday. And I said, let's go Monday. So I, I just like, I got, <clears throat> I had all the pre-surgery clearances and all that kind of stuff already figured out. Like it was all done. So it was essentially just moving a date, but um, I'm so thankful that he was able to have that flexibility with me because literally like four or five days before my surgery was the point at which it was the lowest. And I couldn't, I definitely couldn't hang on till I could hang on, but I didn't want to hang on till mid September or late September for that other date. So, um, shout out. I went with Dr. Nicholas Mast. He's the, uh, the guy here in the Bay area. I, I came up to the Bay area to have my surgery. Uh, he was recommended to me by Dr. Kelly Sturette. Um, Kelly knows a lot of the surgeons and a lot of the people in the community up here. And Dr. Nicholas Mast is all he does is anterior hip replacements. So I did not want to go to like a general orthopedic surgeon who like does a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to go to the person who does this type of surgery for athletes. And, uh, so far I'm super, super happy with, with all the results again, 15 days out. And, you know, yesterday I rode the bike for 10 minutes and can walk pretty freely without, um, any sort of assisted devices. So it's still sore, still have some swelling in the leg. Um, definitely still in the recovery process, but it it has been at least to this point, the best decision I could have made. Um, freaking amazing. And if we're not getting sponsored by your surgeon after this, I don't know what's going on because this is like, <laughs> this is the, the best advertising you can get. Um, this, this whole conversation has really made me think, um, about what other um, body parts or areas that you would want to be replaced, and we had we had talked a lot about RoboCop and and Terminator and and, 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 and and stuff. No, this is this is an this is a really important conversation to have because you know as um, technology advances, I think that we're really really close to seeing. Um, people using, you know, robotics in, in daily life. And so James, you're thinking you're going to go with the robotic monkey tail. That's going to be, um, oh, I'd go that, crazy, man. I'd be a full cyborg. I'd replace every inch. Of, like if I could never have like allergies again, I'd replace every inch of my body. So that, so, so that's the first thing you would go with in, in becoming a cyborg. The first thing that you would do away with are your, your allergies. That's really what you would do. I mean, cause I'm not going to, yeah, probably bring hmm. my audio up. Pretty, yes. pretty fucking, pretty fucking. <laughs> I try to, uh, to chat James stealth over here. I said, James, bring your audio up a little bit. And he, of course he says it out loud. Oh, bring my um, audio up a I little bit. Know. Well, I want I think, to know when I'm screaming at them in two minutes. No, you, so, you sound, you sound like Marvin Gaye talking through. Yeah. You're, uh, you, you are you, over here, some pillows. Yeah. You, you, you are, right. you are very smooth. I think, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go like with MDV. I'm going to get, hips and shoulders done to start hips and shoulders to start robotic. And then I'll probably go elbows and knees. And I think that's going to be a good, a good starting point. James will go with the allergies and, and the monkey and the, and the, and the, and the, and the monkey tail, which, which is, is, is useful. Now question for you, James, how's your eyesight? Do you wear glasses? You know, you guys see that, ever see that movie? Um, I think it's based on a comic Alita battle angel. No, no, no. God damn. is this anime? Okay. I don't watch anime. 
No, I mean it's a it's a live action movie with a lot of CGI. But she basically it's this she's like a cyborg and she has this body called like a berserker body made out of nano machines. So we need it. you to have some berserker audio over here. Why does it sound yeah, so yeah, low? What is more. going on with you? No, I think it's fine. Um, MDV. So besides, because I I think this is a it's a good question. How about besides this? besides your cyber Maybe you need to talk a little louder. Besides your cyber, okay. yeah, better. I don't even know. We're just interrupting Max now. Besides what? Oh, besides well, the cyber hip. What are you going to get replaced? Do, do you do you wear glasses? No, I don't. I don't wear glasses. Do you think Do you think you would look cuter with glasses? I definitely got. I definitely hopped on the trend during COVID with like the uh, blue light blockers. Blue, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I was rocking blue light glasses nonstop. Did you guys ever wear glasses like fake glasses when you were younger as like your accessory? No, because um, <laughs> you're shaking no. your head yes and said, yeah, no. Well, I no, I, I would always like to try on people's glasses because I just think that you look sexier and cuter with glasses. My move that I like to do is you wear the glasses and then you take them off and you just let a little piece hang in your Bite mouth. Bite the thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really cute thing to do. Um, but no, I don't I don't really wear wear glasses because I actually have. ooh. James, oh, James. Ja- looking, like Elton, <laughs> looking like Elton James over here. <laughs> I just, um, <laughs> James says, James is going through all of his. Um, oh, so this is a good filter. This is the 3D filter that James has on, and um, there's no- nothing worse than going to a 3D movie, it's the worst experience that you can get. Um, I can't stand it, I can't can't stand going to a 3d movie and truly i only want to go to a movie if i can sit directly in the middle and like at least halfway back i would get everything replaced great well i think that's i think that's a that's that that's a good answer because i think that we are we are trending that way and i don't um, think our generation will make it but um yeah i'd, I'd get new eyes i'd do it all well go ahead mdb well, one of the things that was, uh, it was, it was tough for me as somebody who was younger to consider having a major joint replacement. And there's not, there was not a lot of information out there that I could find. I found tons of information on elderly people or people who were beyond me in years, you know, 50 to whatever range about having these procedures. I really only found a few things that were talking about being younger and needing uh, this type of procedure. But one of the best things that I did was I, I found somebody who, um, through their permission, they had uh, the doctor's office contacted them and said, hey, listen, we have another individual who similarly has similar circumstances to you. Would you be willing to talk to them about your procedure and how you uh, felt pre, during, and post? And they said yes. And that was one of the that was one of the better things that I had done was talk to somebody who was around my age, who was very active, who had had the procedure. And it just gave me confirmation about, it wasn't ultimately the thing that made my decision to do this. And it certainly can't rely on other people's experiences with stuff like this, but it gave me confirmation that somebody else had had success. And this person now is like, maybe a few months ahead of me, maybe like four or five months ahead from their surgery. And they're doing ridiculous things in powerlifting. I mean, this person is already back to pulling close to pre-surgery numbers and 
we're talking about really, really big numbers. So um, that was really cool and was super helpful for me in considering this decision. Like I said earlier, rant a little bit. What's up? We rant a little bit on this. Yeah, let's rant a little well, bit. Hold, oh. hold on. Good Before book, you go, by the James. way, by Chuck Palahniuk. Rant is a um, really good book. I just panicked a little bit because when you were like, you're like, and now this person, I thought you're going to fucking say is my new best friend. And I was going to, you know, like that's, I, I like was going to start to get really upset because if there's one thing I don't like, it's sharing my best friends. That's something, you know, like, you know, when you were growing up and you're friends with the buddy and you're like, Oh dude, also in the summer, I always go and see my buddy, Matt. And then you fucking meet whoever the summer best friend is of you. And you're like, this dude's not me. Summer best friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Man, fuck that. Is there a concept to... of like friend cucking? <laughs> <laughs> James, you're really br- you're really bringing it today. Go ahead, James. I'm going to put myself on mute. You go ahead and rant a little bit. Yeah, we're going to rant about James because your you audio is I just, sounding good. Is it better? I turned it up. There we go. Turn up your headphones. We need more turned snare in your headphones. Let me talk to my producer. There you go, oh, Rick Rubin. Yo, Rick. Um. Mike will made it. Um, what was I going to say? I don't even remember. Now, I don't know what you're going to rant when, about. When you, what are you going to rant when about? When you started talking about being young, it just makes me so pissed because I think you are young. And I've talked about this a lot, but I think it's an important thing. I get so sick and tired of people being like, oh, wow, well, you're just old now. And I was talking to my buddy about this um, and he was saying how... Who's you know, saying just, it like that, by the way? Yeah, just old. Everyone you talk to, I just old people, and they're like, "Well, that's what happens as you get older." And I'm like, "I get that," but if you've been like driving the car of your body and smashing every guardrail and taking giant shits in the gas gas tank, of course you're gonna feel crappy as you get older. You know, it's like <laughs> the people that I've run into who have taken really good care of themselves never say that stuff. But it's the people who are like, you walk up to them and they're like, you know, beer belly, they can no longer see their bathing suit area, and like. You know, they've been whatever they've been doing. It's not good stuff. And they're just like, well, that's just what happens when you get older. (laughs) They're from like a 19. They're from Great Gatsby. (laughs) Gatsby. 1920s. So it's just, I think it's, (laughs) wow, see, we're going to catch those kids. Um, (laughs) Oh, so it makes me happy to hear you say, like, I'm really, I'm young and I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years or whatever. Couple of days, bro. Couple of days. There you go. I don't even have your birthday in my calendar. Yeah, it's because we're not really that good friends. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> um, September 9th. Oh, yeah, there you are right there, September 9th. Oh, there I am right there. Oh, there I am. I just put you in my calendar. Boom. Oh, thanks so much. Dude, not having Facebook is... The only thing I miss about not having Facebook is reminders about people's birthdays. Facebook birthdays. was the king of reminding you about whose birthday it was coming up. Everything else on Facebook sucks. But Facebook was the king of birthday reminders. Uh, that's that is true. And then I, I thought you were gonna say, oh, you know what I miss is all those random people posting on my wall on on my birthday, which is the thing that I don't care about at all. If you're my real friend on my birthday, you're either gonna call me or you're gonna surprise me which would be even better, or you're going to surprise me with a present, or you're going to surprise me with a present in experience or a present in experience and a cake. That would be the ultimate. That would be, that's, that's the, that's the ultimate birthday present. So a small present, something like really meaningful, right? 
and then you, in experience are you an ice cream cake guy uh yeah well i like all types of cake i really don't discriminate um I'm not like Creed. We have to at least have one office reference here. I don't want a peach pie. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I like an ice cream cake, but I also like classic chocolate, classic vanilla. I, I like it all. I, I don't, as long as the, as long as it's cake, I'm good with it. X, what have you been up to while MDV has been out getting himself turned into RoboCop? What have I been up to? Yeah. Um. Well, mostly just waiting till we get to hang out so james is visiting in massachusetts and don't worry by the time this gets published he'll be long he'll gone. be gone he'll be gone so he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll he'll be gone so we can so we can there's talk a string about of text here. messages like hey i thought you were in boston. <laughs> <laughs> heard you're in boston you no wanna, one cares man no one you, no one who listens to this cares where i am or you, not. You, that's you, not true. you want to hang out um no so what i've been doing recently is we are doing some big renovations at CrossFit New England. And uh, we're redoing the bathrooms. We're redoing the uh, this coffee shop area, the outdoor facade, all this stuff. So I've been um, finding out what it's like to be a project manager. And um, both, we have, I have two Lens in my life, my, my business partner, LJ DiCarlo, and then Len Nochi, who is our general contractor, big shout out, he's killed it. So it's been really cool just to see the progress of construction, all that good stuff. Mm. So that's what, that's what's what the, I've been doing. What's the ultimate goal? What's the, what's the goal with all this work that you're doing at, at CrossFit New England? Glow up. We're Just looking to, yeah, we're looking to make the current members experience uh, as good as possible. And I think that having good facilities makes a big difference. I think For that sure. if you have somebody that goes to the CrossFit gym and um, they drink coffee, they're probably going to poop when they come to your gym or at least pee. And so your, your bathrooms need to be nice. And as well as whatever the, the area where people sign in. So we've just been looking to make that, make that space a little bit better. So been, been really cool to see, um, to see that progress, but also to understand that I suck at doing anything with my hands, like watching these guys, like, build a wall in a day or like we had we had a guy come in last night and he built benches for the men's room in a couple of hours i was like all right well was it kevin montoya did you fly him in did you fly kevin montoya in for this project i i wish and i'll and i'll tell you that one of the saddest parts about making these um improvements at the gym is some of the work that kevin has done or did 10 years ago had to be taken down Uh, so we the wall ball rack yes so the wall ball rack that kevin built a decade ago out of literally just like he i think he he reused uh wood from the gym to make this wall ball rack we took actually made his own wood like just just like alchemy cut down some trees um yeah no max here's a little we haven't really talked about much fitness or gym related stuff but let's I was get thinking, into it you own a lot of gyms you're a boss you've seen the ups and downs of that experience what are the i don't know let's say top three five don't care things that members complain about the most when they suck Ooh. and then on the flip side what are the top three five things that members like notice and um point out and like the most that cool. you that you've experienced 
the the things that somebody would complain about the most are the things that they use every single day at the gym. So the first thing that they use every single day at the gym is the programming. So the first thing that people are going to complain about is the programming. Hold um, on one second. So do you think that people really get upset about the workouts or do you think that they get upset about something else and then they get upset about the programming because it's so tangible that they can turn around and say, oh, this workout was was super lame or whatever. Because I think that there's so much influence on how members look at workout based on their their coach's influence, based on how much education they have, and then based on them knowing enough to be dangerous and having some other thing that irks them and then latching on to complaining about the workouts. Because to be honest, like I've never, whenever I've seen a gym have people who complain about programming. I've never pulled the programming or gotten the workouts back and been like, wow, this is really bad programming. Like I've, I've never seen anybody come back to me and be like, this programming is dangerous. It's wanton. It's reckless. It has no, no, it's not inspired at all. It's usually good programming that that person just subjectively doesn't like for some reason. Yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't have said this because I know we covered this in a, a last episode. So I, I think that there's there's probably you're, you're right. It's it's a very subjective thing. So let let me back up here. Um, the equipment is something that somebody is Definitely. going to something that somebody is going to complain about the most, and rightfully so. They use it every day. So I'm I'm going to say the things that people uh, would complain about the the equipment. Um, and, what about the equipment? Uh, like, what are the that's top hitting things? Like batter, batteries and maintenance of the machines, mm, like the herbs no. and the bikes. No, spinning barbells or non-spinning barbells. Okay, loose loose O rings on. Don't have a loose O ring, people. Whoa, whoa, yeah. This is <laughs> this podcast is not a loose O ring podcast. Oh, tight um, tight, tight O ring. So the 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 plates, the barbells. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think to a certain extent, you're right. Like the, the machines maintenance on machines is very easy to, to maintain, let's say like a concept two piece of equipment, row bike, ski. It, it really is quite easy. Maintenance on barbells is harder because to, yeah, to, clean, take them apart. To, 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 to clean a barbell, it's very hard. And with plates, once they are loose, um, there's kind of no going back and they, they have to replace. So I think, I think equipment is, is a big one. I think just overall cleanliness of the facility, I think is another really big thing. So that could be floors, um, stuff like that. And then, and then again, I think that bathrooms are a really big thing. And I think on the flip side, um, when there's new equipment, people are really, really excited, right? I think when the, when the gym is clean, people notice it. And really it's more about organization than anything. Like if they go to the place and that, you know, that's where the equipment is, they, they can grab it. And then I think when they um, go into the bathrooms, the facilities, if they are well-maintained and well-stocked, people notice that stuff too. For sure. So I think that, I think that those are the things that, um, that I know we focus on a lot. Can we talk about equipment for just one second? Because I, the equipment conversation is really interesting. I think that like, the barbells and the plates, man. Oh my goodness. When those things start to go, there's nothing worse than when you're reaching for the plates and then the center ring of the plate is loose 
and then you're going to put it onto the barbell or you remember like back in the day, like the plates would have cracks in them. I, I think a lot of that stuff has worked itself out in terms of like where the rubber is now for either the composite bumpers or the, the virgin rubber bumpers. The virgin rubber bumpers are the ones that are yeah, haven't been touched yet. No, the, the, fact the virgin that ones. I'm not are making the, an O-ring comment right now is a gift to all of you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So, virgin rubber bumpers are the ones that are the solid black bumpers, like the ones that are the shiny ones, and then the composites are like shredded up pieces of uh, rubber that are then like are pressed together and pressed together. Yeah, and uh, I, I like the composite bumpers better, but. Man, if you're a member athlete or whatever, and you're out there listening, if you have a barbell and you have a 10 or a 15 on the end of the barbell, do not be dropping that barbell from overhead to the ground. That's like the fastest way to get all of those 10s and 15s completely messed up. They just bust at the seams when they're dropped on the ground. Your your rubber knowledge is unprecedented, man. Dude, we both worked for again faster for a while. How many? How many fucking returned plates and barbells did we have to have before people just remember to stop dropping the tens like the 10 the 10 pound plates they're like little pieces of oreo cookie they're like they're fragile you got to keep those things got to treat them nice can't be dropping them can't <laughs> be dropping them from the top to, to be to be honest with you like first off like that's just just gonna happen like oh it's, yeah of it's, course. It, it, it it's so funny to me like all you know talk to coach and they're just like, they like get so upset about this. It's like, okay, it's also just like going to fucking happen. Yeah. And you can certainly let people know like, Hey, you know, I always like, you know me, I, I like to try and make everything a little bit funny. Are you and jokey? Silly. Like Seinfeld? Everything's a joke to you, huh? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's so, gotta be a joke. <laughs> so like we're doing, we're, we're doing the workout Randy and we're like, hey, just, you know, quick note, when you finish your set, let's try and place the barbell down nicely. If you drop from the top, the barbell may end up in Weston Center. And we live in Waltham. So it's a funny joke. It's like three miles to the center. And imagine you just saw a barbell bouncing down the road to Weston Center. That's fucking silly. And That'd it's a lot silly. Like Pixar short, like a Pixar short where somebody's working out and, they, and the barbell like kind of just makes its way and <laughs> yeah, they, into things. And... They, yeah, they, they, they drop the bar. Um, the Randy know, workout, like... by the way, is 75 snatches at 75 pounds. So the whole yeah. workout is four time. Barbell starts on the ground and one rep is completed when the barbell gets to the overhead position at lockout. 75 of those four time. So- I I bump I've ran into some affiliate owners who do like a uh, annual equipment fee on top of the membership. So like memberships, let's say a hundred dollars a month. It's probably on, in Boston. It's unrealistic. Nah, it's anyway, not $100 happening $100 a anywhere. Hundred bucks a month. And get then out like of here. once a year, they'll do like a fifty dollar equipment fee. And um, the first, if you're a new member, you can skip your first equipment fee. So if I've been a member for, I'm a new member, you can opt out this year but pay next year. What do you think about that option versus like um, just factoring in your budget, having higher, um, having higher rents, having higher um, membership fees? Is that something you take into account? Do you even give a shit about that? I've, I've heard about it before and I think it, I mean, I think it certainly could work. We've, we've never done that. Um, but I, I know, I know a couple of affiliate owners who do it and I actually think the members really like it because once a year they get to see like 
we're getting this like new piece of equipment. And I think that that's, that's a really, um, I think that's a really cool thing for people. So I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I'd what? probably up, I'd probably up it though. Make it like a fucking thousand. thousand. What's one piece of equipment that if you were a member at a gym <laughs> and they purchased your gym purchase that you would just be so pissed off. Um, Maybe like that circular log that like uh, the power, uh, what's it called? The strongman log. I mean, those things are cool, but like, Nobody's using the freaking strongman log ever. Let's get real. I was thinking, you know, those clubs, those clubs that people swing around that I forget what they're called. Yeah. I've, the circus I've never, clubs. <laughs> not like I've a, never, I've never used them. called circus but, yeah. clubs. Are they circus clubs? Let's yeah, dude. Um, they're actually okay, so, really, really good, really functional, but definitely not getting used a whole lot in CrossFit gyms. That's for sure. I actually think that this is a, this is a pretty cool conversation because there was a point in time where... I was spending so much money on this is one. This is when I owned uh, my one gym, my first affiliate CrossFit Tilt Waltham, and I was spending every moment of every day there. And so I was spending my own money on buying new equipment because I'm like, man, I'm about to just fucking outfit this gym to like Everything. the nines. Yeah, like I'm gonna buy, and I bought eight skiers because all I wanted to do was to like be able to do an interval day where everybody could, you know, be able to touch the skier again. So I thought that was really important, but then you buy some pieces of equipment that are kind of like a huge miss, right? So like, um, we, you know, we bought these things, they're called rec bags and they are a very cool product and it's, it's a weighted bag. They make twenties, 35s, fifties, seventies. It's like and a longer they, bag, right? It's got the handles it, on the end. Yeah, it's got the mesh. At Wadapalooza once. They're cool. Yes. Yeah, so, they're so, cool. They, they don't mess you up either. Like they, they're very, very durable. So if Rect Bags is listening, like we love your stuff. We would love for you <laughs> to be a sponsor. We just don't buy your stuff for our gym anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> so, 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 so we bought, we, we bought the Rect Bags. The thing is, is you just don't use them enough, right? They're like the, impossible the, to use in programming. Right. Like the, the best equipment that you can buy is the stuff that you're going to use all the time yeah so it's you know it, it it sounds stupid but it's like making sure that you always have enough medicine balls kettle like kettlebells are always a good buy dumbbells always a good buy more plates more dates always always a good buy stuff stuff like that or what i do right now is like any time that i ever see somebody selling um a rower or a biker if it's used and it's in decent condition, I just buy it and I'll put it at, we'll put it at one of the gyms because you can never have enough. I, I believe never have enough C2 stuff, um, which is honestly the only sponsorship that we even fucking care about at all, which is concept two. Got up, Greg best, Hammond, Greg Hammond best, super OG. Yep. And Jameson Hanlon, another good friend, the only machine that is worth anything. I hate Whoa. assault bikes. Yep. Truly echo bikes. Take a hike. It's only concept. Oh, I love two. echo bikes. No, sorry. Oh, I like the assault bike as well. Oh my god! I like. I mean, like, like the assault Davidson. bike. The echo it's just a shit. completely different experience. But I will have to say, there's no better fitness experience in terms of smoothness and how it's built and like usability than the concept two stuff. The concept two stuff is hands down, in my opinion, the most well built, the lightest and most well-built stuff. I think that 
the rogue echo bike is nice but that mother that thing is overbuilt that thing is so heavy and so big it just doesn't make sense they could have made it somebody revving their harley over here they could have made it um yeah. James, a little lighter. James. they're revving an echo bike yeah, it sounds like they're revving up. The other thing about the Concept 2 uh, Biker is the fact that you can put that inside a living room and you can watch TV while you're doing your workout without any additional audio assistance. Like, it's so quiet. Who does you, shit like that? A Not lot me. of people do that. A no. lot of people do that stuff, They do? Man. Yeah. All right. You don't think so? It. You don't think people hate. are out I there won't. getting I'll... after it on their bikes and watching TV? I mean, I did come from a world where I worked out in my living room and – would buy like kettlebell videos and DVDs and do, I was one of those guys. That's how I got into fitness. No, no, no. Gosh. You look like the P90X guy, actually. You I met him. <laughs> I met him. You do look like him. He came into Reebok once. You know, I will say this. I met him and I met, uh, who was the in insanity guy? Sean T. Oh, Sean T. And I'll, I'll tell you between the two dudes, um, I forget the P90X guy, really successful. He was jacked, ripped, strong guy. Um, but the insanity dude, Sean, I think his name was, he was like all down to throw down in CrossFit. Like yeah. we just wanted to go fitness crazy. I like that about him. Like, whereas the other guy, the P90X guy, I think was a little bit more in his own lane, which is fine. Cause he didn't, he had a lot of success, but I, the Sean T guy was, he lived the insanity, you know, <laughs> shout like, out oh, wow. Sean T Sean T. If you're listening, we still want to sponsor us. We still want to sponsor. <laughs> we still want the insanity sponsorship. We'll, we'll do your programs. Get insanely jacked. We'll do the infomercials. He probably I, uh, killed it, man. Sean T. Yeah, I hope so. I, I like to think about young James, you know, going to Blockbuster or maybe he went to the library. He rents a <laughs> rent, rent. Well, first off, uh, if if you grew up with not the most money, um, you're at the library. Your, you you got you got your movies from the library, and we we rented a lot of movies from the library growing up. Um, no, is this no, chain? I, I think I found it called Punch Kettlebell Gym. I'm just trying to remember where they started. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah, I started I started off doing. Uh, I would get these kettlebell videos and I would DVDs, and I would do like a little kettlebell routine in in my in my living room, and uh, that's how I really got into the the fitness. What prompted, oh. what prompted you to start lifting those odd objects? What prompted you to get the kettlebells going? Are your allergies bothering you today, by the way? No, I've just been really sick this last week. So You've been sick a lot. What's going on, man? I don't know. I'm okay. You probably need a hip replacement. You might watch. need a hip replacement. I, would, I told you, give me on that cyborg plan, man. Like I'm. People complain. Like I was listening to people talk about like the AI cars are going to cause so many accidents. And I'm like, they're not going to cause more accidents than your dumb ass. Well, like, I like, I, I like, I like, I was the computer and see how you do. I, I like was all in James's San Francisco voices. the other day and there was an, a car. I think we talked about this. Did we talk about this already? No, but you're going to give us this one singular data point based on your experience. When these cars are operating off billions of data points, like, yeah, that's they're going to be better still, than humans, but who, still, but why do you're we like need the person it? Why who's do like, we need it? When 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 the Model T Ford came out, you were like, "I'm gonna ride my horse." That was you, man. Get with the times. No, get a cybernetic just... body. Get get in a fucking <laughs> robot car. Like, I'm I thought you were going to go around man. And say robot something. Oh else. my god. <laughs> Not it's allowed like to just, say it's that. like people who like I, I don't use digital watches. Like get a life, you loser. I, I actually just use pencils, a sundial. You know? like, go to hell. 
Oh my God. Luddites. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. One thing that I did want to talk about here is, uh, during the recovery process from the hip surgery, it's been, uh, one of the biggest challenges has been making sure that, and focuses, not challenges, opportunities, I should say, is the oh, nutrition, damn. the nutrition post-surgery has been something that's been, um, really important to me. And, uh, I'm staying at a friend's house right now and they're staying at my place down in, in Oceanside. So I'm still in the Bay area, but my friends, they have a little bit of a different shopping list than I have. And they obviously have their snack cupboard here. Yo, still. give me the, what's the best thing they got in there. I'm so they, excited. They got, there, <laughs> there's some stuff in this apartment right now that like, I'm not going to lie is a little bit too tempting. They have Reese's animal crackers here. They have Reese's animal crackers. That's a, that sounds amazing. They're pretty good. I had to try a couple of them. But the the moral of the story here is that I don't have, and I think especially when you're like laid up and when you're you're not able to like be as mobile, sometimes you're just sitting there in your own head and you don't have the discipline to resist the thing that's in the fucking cupboard that's calling your name and you're sitting there, you're watching a movie or you're watching old reruns of the episode for the, uh, the old reruns of the office for a million times. And you're like, man, no, it would be really good right now. Some Reese's animal Reese's crackers. Animal crackers. <laughs> so yeah, nobody's like, it'd be great to dis dip some cucumbers into hummus. I would, I want to dip but I would Reese's never buy those bowl of melted M&Ms. And I would never buy them, but the fact that they're, in arm's reach is really, really challenging. So one of the nutrition things that we had talked about, we had talked about some nutrition rules a couple of weeks back. One of the things that's a huge rule for me is that if I don't want to be tempted to eat it, just don't buy it. Just leave it on the shelf at the grocery store. Buy the things that you're going to have in your house, in your cupboard that while you're eating them, before you're eating them, after you're eating them, you feel really good because I'll let you know, having too many Reese's animal crackers, definitely going to give you some tummy aches <laughs> next day. You're definitely like going to have some tummy aches. That's what you're worried. I um, mean, this actually made me think about something I kind of wanted to rant on too. You, rant, maybe. You talked about internal dialogue. What was the word you used? You replaced some word with opportunities. Challenges with opportunities. Oh, wow. Um, that's really good. But I did a competition a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, yeah. Um, it was a cool competition, different format called Reps Ahead. And this guy reaches out to me, reached out to Cassandra originally, because he knows I'm a washed up piece of shit. Um, <laughs> reached out to Cassandra originally. Good self-talk. And uh, well, that's what I'm talking about, internal dialogue. And anyway, so basically the way the competition works is normally in CrossFit, if we were to do a competition, like it's an AMRAP and the person who gets the most reps wins. Um, and there's kind of a set time on that. Or we all do Fran and the fastest time wins and we all get ranked. The way this one works is we would go head to head and we would have all the workouts were AMRAP style pretty much. And the goal is one person wins when they get X number reps ahead. So for oh. example, let's just say 50 wall or 10 wall ball shots, 10 calories on the row. Max or an athlete wins when they get 20 reps ahead of the other athlete. It's a really cool format. Um, and the, the people were super generous. I got my ass kicked, but um, in the competition, know, so I got smashed and you didn't uh, win? no, no, no. I got crushed. Um, oh. took last, 
Who yeah, won? Can yeah, we get yeah. him it was on the a, podcast? It was, it was a small. I mean, it was a small comp, but um, this this young guy, uh, Tyler. I always mispronounce his last name. Egaman. He's out of the Denver area, CrossFit DTC. They were the they were the host. Super cool gym. Uh, Ten year plus affiliate. Tyler Eggman, shout out. Doctor Robotnik. Um, he's not Jack, dude. Um, great hair, tan. Of course, he's super nice, super fit. I hate him. That's not true. He was the awesome. Nicest guy. Everyone there, super nice. I really love doing local competitions just to be in the affiliate community in that way again. And just kind of, I know we always talk about this, like everyone's always like the future of the games is dead. And when I just see just how generally fit everyone is, like I do think there's so much more we have to grow, even in let's just call it the mid tier competitive space, but that's a conversation for another time. So anyway, well, the mid tier, but they cut, they cut the mid tier competitive space out of the equation, bro. But what I'm saying is I think they it's going to continue to grow organically. You think so? Honestly, I you do. think it's just I, through, through people's kindness and, and goodwill that the kindness, I just think there's a need for it in the market. Um, but if we th- really want to like nerd out about it, and having, I, think, I think we should definitely have this conversation because yeah, I, it's a really interesting move for CrossFit to kill the regionals and cut the mid-level competitors out who are like the main customers of all of the competition stuff. Like well, those are the my, people who are like the yeah. fanatics or the people in the middle. For sure. If you want my take on this, because of how expensive competitions are, events are to run. Super expensive. Um, honestly, I think the best way to do this would have some sort of like license model. The same way we license CrossFit's name out to affiliates, we license competitions. There's some rules you could play, blah, blah, blah. Does, we but they did, Let they me did that story. with the uh, sanctions. And, on, and honestly, I think technology is at a place now where it could be better tracked and organized so the season would be easier to follow. I think that's a that's a solvable solution. And I think it's a more sustainable future for the competitive space across it. But that's not what I'm trying to talk about. My point was, got smoked at this competition and you're talking about internal dialogue. And I was mm. driving home with Cassandra and um, we were just chatting about it. And I said, gosh, you know, I, I could have been fitter for that event. And I, and I kept thinking about this idea. I could have been fitter. And I thought, how many things in your life do you walk away from? And you're like, I could have been X. Yeah. And it's, and finally I got home and I said, you know what? You couldn't have been fitter because you weren't. Yeah, it you happened, weren't. And you weren't fitter. And I was trying to think about like, how do I get out of this habit? Cause it, it won't ever be perfect, but thinking instead, like, I will be fitter by doing X, Y, and Z, right? Putting it into this active future state where I have a a path forward in order to improve at something because I think it's so easy to get stuck into this mindset and there's comfort in it, right? Like there's comfort in me saying, oh, I could have been fitter because back in the glory days, I was really fit. And it's, if you say I could have been fitter, you can hide behind the fact that, you know, in your head, you pro, you know, if you had done X, Y, and Z, you could have beat them or done better. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that space when you live a life of could'ves. And I think it's really important, Big. at least for me, I've been trying to do this over the last couple of weeks, is if I have that, I could have crept into my head. I try and tell myself, well, you couldn't have because it happened this way. But what I can do right now is X, Y, and Z. So that doesn't ever happen again, or it softens the impact, or there's a different outcome in the future. But anyway, your internal dialogue made me think of that. So shout out to reps ahead and uh, Tyler down there. Awesome crew, super fun. And just uh, doing a partner competition out at CrossFit Vex in Grand Junction, Colorado with Cassandra. 
Very later cool. September, which I'm pumped about too, because it's the first time Cassandra and I will ever have been able to compete together, which nice, we've never done and dude. always wanted to do. So nice. That should probably end our marriage. But um no, it'll be amazing. <laughs> that's uh that that's really cool. I what what you just said is something that I actually talk talk to the members about all the time. In class, what happens to a lot of people when they finish a workout is oh, you say the same thing. It, it, is is you ask them, you know, like, oh, how how was the workout? And most of the time, the the first thing that they say is like, I should have done this. Could have done better. If. I I I I could have done this. And what I always say to them is like, what you should really do first off is give yourself credit for what you just did. For hey, sure. you know, um, this workout was super challenging for me because of X, Y, Z. These are the things that I did well. This is what I could do better next time. But it's like, for and I, so I always say like, first, give yourself credit for what you did. The, the, the second thing is, is then you can talk about like, what's the, what's the next actionable step to get better at one of these challenging things. But I, that's also why I tell members to speak about their experience working out in facts, in things that are real, right? Because a lot of the times we have this kind of emotional response to these workouts. And, and I actually started giving this talk because I was finding that a lot of athletes would um, associate workouts with things that sucked. Oh, that workout fucking sucked. Oh, it's like, well, okay, hold on. Like, why are we using this word? It's like, well, how about the workout was really challenging or mm -hmm. running is really hard for me or the pull-ups felt really difficult. And I think that I just, you know, I, I, I think it's important for, for you specifically to talk about this, James, because you are somebody who has been in this space for a long time, not only as a coach, but, but as a high level athlete and to recognize that, wow, even, wow, wow. Hamill, even after competing <laughs> at the highest level, and you've been doing this for so long, you can still learn something new, still put a focus into something else, um, which also brings us full circle is you're really not that old, right? I mean, you, and you still can, very fit. Yeah. And you well, I, 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 I yeah, am a little bit that far. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed. And but <laughs> I, I also think that I'm, I mean, First off, well, th this is how I look at it, right? Every time that I work out with James, I fucking always get my ass handed to me. So then I think about, okay, James came in last place in this competition. I would have come in last on last on last. So it's, it. I'll, I will also report back tomorrow after we hang out and we get to work out together to really have an idea of where his fitness level is at. Um, it just it my mind is kind of spiraling right now and i'm trying to kind of deal with the fact that you might be a little bit washed up um <laughs> but the but but the but the other thing is is that the format of the competition is not um what you would say to, to be your usual format and for somebody like you who is a very big gamer of workouts it's 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 not playing to your strengths at all. You're not a sprinter. And in this workout to get reps ahead, there had to be some chances. You'd have to take some chances. And we know that you're a very safe person. Take I was going to say something really raunchy, but I'll skip it. Um, one of the things also you're only washed up if you're like still trying and you're not making it. So, I, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I think that's the difference between like, you know, you're just in a different phase of your life here, man. Different fitness phase of your life. 
But you've, this is interesting because you've, we've talked about this many times about you having a particular thing that would drive you to go to the gym, like the, the goal of being the fittest athlete in the world or the goal of being the fittest team. Max has got to take off ladies and gents. He's got to get his car serviced. That's what they're calling it these days. See you later, Max. Um, got to get his O-rings tightened. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> but I, I never had that same level of performance ability. I, I should say I never, I never pushed myself to that level and physically I didn't have it. So I can't relate to the fact that that was on the table for you at some point where that could be a motivating factor. For me, the motivating factor was always just pushing myself to what I thought were the outer limits of where I could go. And then also having just this really um, strong desire to do these things, do these workouts, feel them, and then feel what's on the other side and the satisfaction that comes from doing all this hard work. But one of the things that me, uh, when you were talking about your experience and the self-talk, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is that I realize the outcomes are the outcomes. That's very clear. It's like the outcome is the outcome. It just, it is what it is. But the best way to influence the outcome is to focus on the process because the process becomes the outcome. So if you are saying, oh, I, I want to be a better husband, I want to be a better friend, I want to be whatever. The best way to be those things, the best way to get to that outcome is to focus on the minutia, the focus on the small things every single day that will put you in a better position to be a better friend, a better athlete, to have better nutrition, not just to say, oh, I want this outcome. That's just kind of like wishing into the universe that it happens. But actually what you have to do, the work is the outcome. Doing the work becomes the outcome. Anyway. No, I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll, we'll end on a nice piece of advice because I could talk about that one for a long time because I yeah. just had that conversation with a good buddy of mine uh, the other day. But Andy Hendel, uh, Andy good, Hendel. Uh, fa Shout father out. to a good friend of ours, Spencer Hendel, um, awesome, awesome CrossFit coach and just awesome coach in general. But a uh, great guy I look up to. He once said to me, there's a workout, the Filthy 50, which is 10 movements. Um, and 50 reps of each movement for those that you don't know. And I once heard Andy describe this workout and thinking back to Max is like, oh, this workout sucks. So it's going to be hard. He said, this workout is 500 opportunities to get better. And I was like, that's a really cool way to look at it. So I'm down. 500 opportunities with maybe the most challenging set of 50 burpees in all of CrossFit at the end of that workout. <laughs> They're a gnarly 50 for sure. For sure. Do they, do they come after the wall balls or before the wall balls? So there's 50 wall balls, which are challenging, but then the burpees oh. in the end of the filthy 50, because it ends with 50 double unders. Yeah, for sure. So it's 50 burpees into 50 double unders, I believe. Those 50 burpees at the end of the filthy 50, it's just how much do you want to suffer for those reps? Yeah. Because you can do them real slow. You can do them as singles or you can really push it. And by the time you go to pick up your jump rope, Either way, you're still in a pretty bad place to to try to do some jump rope. So, you know, I've never done that work. I think a cool goal with that workout is because of the knee to elbow. I've never done that workout unbroken. I want to, I'm going to try and do this workout unbroken. 
It's be my new training focus for a couple oh, weeks. <laughs> I don't think I've done it unbroken either. I, I think that I've you done- You could get close of all people, I think. But anyway. Of the knees to elbows, for sure. Especially if you're getting that little arm bend behind the bar, if you're like pulling into the bar a little bit. Yeah, we got to set a standard. Do I have to keep my arm straight for the knee to elbows? Is that, it, the, real, is that the real gangster shit? If, if you're- That's a much harder- It's a much longer range of motions, much harder target to that's hit for sure. Do. That's what I got to do. All right, Mr. Hobart, I appreciate you, and I'll talk Glad to you Glad you're feeling week. better, man. I'm so Thank pumped you. for you. All right, see ya. Hello, friends. MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go.